Hello, Church family. Uh, today we're going to look at the last half of Acts 27. Uh, we're reaching the end of the book here, and uh, this is Paul's uh, shipwreck. Uh, he's in First Corinthians. It says that he's gone through multiple shipwrecks. It's a three, and uh, depending on how you time put the timeline and everything, this could be one of those three, or it could be um, a, 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 like the last, of, like a fourth one. Um, but regardless of how you place it, this is just a situation where Paul is going to uh, uh, lead the people um, because uh, he warned them earlier in chapter 27 uh, that uh, they will there'll be great loss. Chapter 20, verse 10, Paul says, Men, I perceive that the voyage will certainly be with damage and great loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. And uh, he warns them about their destruction if they do this, and the people chose not to listen to Paul, and then they go out, and then what happens? They get uh, they get destroyed, or at least the ship gets destroyed, and then um, and they still have to uh, keep moving. And Paul here, he really begins to take the lead. He tells them to take courage because he knows that God is going to bring him to Rome to be tried, uh, and uh, this is what's going to happen. He's going to get tried, and. Um, the Lord is going to protect him, and there's this unique blessing that those around him will have just because they're around Paul. And uh, and really, this is a test of uh, um, whether or not Paul's God is a real God. People are going to take witness. Uh, they're going to watch and see how uh, Paul is going to uh, be delivered by the Lord. And if Paul's words are true, then that means like that, you know, that means the God that he worshipped is also true. And we're going to see this play out uh, from verse 27 to the end of the chapter. When the 14th night came, as we were being driven about in the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors began to surmise that they were approaching some land. They took, sur- they took, sound- they took soundings and found it to be 20 fathoms. And a little further on, they took another sounding and found it to be 15 fathoms. So they're... Uh, trying to figure out and um, and fathoms is about 15 fathoms is about 120 feet. So they're trying to figure out how far they are from the land, and they realize that they're actually um, they might be closer. And, and you know, back then navigation uh, you know, in the sea is not like now. They didn't have sonar or anything or radios, um, so they had to try and use like stars and light and everything from the moon to try and make and discern um, how far things are. So they're doing this calculation, and they assume that they're about 120 feet, 29. Verse 29, fearing that we might run aground somewhere on the rocks, they cast four anchors from the stern and wished for daybreak. Uh, so they were moving towards the shore at, uh, at the site. Uh, they're really hoping that they're able to survive and make it to the day, cause, you know, the daybreak. Meaning they, they're hoping to see uh, clearly what's going on. Verse 30, but as the sailors were trying to escape from the ship and had let down the ship's boat into the sea, on the pretense of intending to lay out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, unless these men remain in the ship, you yourselves cannot be saved. And it sounds really interesting because this is, he's warning them that this is the only place that you can, uh, you know, basically stay, listen to what I have to say if you, if you want to be saved. And if you were a soldier at the time or an elder prisoner, you might think that salvation comes if they just do what they need and i think this is you know you were uh, listening uh, to this in the context of our church right now uh, pastor henry preached on numbers chapter i think 13 and he talked about how we live by faith and not by sight and um and that's kind of what is going on here they need to 
live by what they're hearing from Paul and not by sight or their giftedness and what they know about the sea. Uh, verse 32, then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship boat and let it fall uh, away. So they, this is actually, they're actually listening to Paul. And I think this part of the, I think the regret or the or growth, depending on how you look at it, that they heard Paul, they did not listen to Paul the first time, and then now they realize they need to listen to him, which results in uh, them now willing to listen to him and, and, and do what they say, to do what Paul has to say. Verse 33, until the day was about dawn, Paul was encouraging them to all to take some food, saying, today is the 14th day that you have been consist constantly watching, going without eating, having taken nothing. Therefore, I encourage you to take some food, for this is your preservation, for not a hair from your head, from the head of any of you will perish. Having said this, he took the bread, he gave thanks to the Lord, and thanks to God in the presence of all, and he broke it and began to eat it. So this is like a little, uh, I don't know, one of those verses where you see prayer is, is should be before any meal. Uh, it's a little side point, but uh, Paul's ministry now is uh, is he's telling them to you know just listen to what I have to say. He instructs them to eat, and they do, and they do just that. All of them were encouraged, and they themselves also took food. All of all of us in the ship were two hundred and seventy six persons, and they had eaten enough. They were began to landing the ship by throwing out the wheat into the sea. So they, you know, they had enough, and then they wanted to try to stay afloat. So they did everything they can in order to survive here. They, they ate all that they can so they could like live, have sustenance, and they're throwing things overboard so they can have buoyancy. And in both cases, they, the, uh, you know, they're just staying on the boat. They're trusting what Paul has to say, and uh, and his warnings. And now they're just, um, they're just doing what they need to do in order to survive. First thing, when day came. They could not recognize the land, but they did observe a bay with a beach, and they resolved to drive the ship onto it if they could. And casting off the anchors, they left them in the sea, while at the same time they were loosening uh, the ropes of the rudders and hoisting the foresail to the winds. They were heading for the beach. Uh, but striking a reef where two seas met, they ran the vessel around, and the prow stuck struck I stuck last, stuck last, and remained immovable. But the stern began to be broken up by the force of the waves. Um, they were all stuck. Essentially, uh, they they saw the land and they were trying to move towards it. And when they uh, were getting closer, they were stuck in this one, um, this one little section here, this little reef. Verse two: The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners so that none of them would swim away and escape. And you know, and one of those things that's going on in Roman time is that if if you were to, if you were to take a prisoner to a place and you lose them, or um, yeah, if you lose them or they escape, you have to pay uh, for that prisoner's fine. So if you if the prisoner had to be there for ten years and he escaped, and you're in charge overseeing that prisoner, then you have to take be in prison for ten years. So they took it seriously, and the soldier didn't want to be. Uh, did not want uh, these uh, prisoners to escape because he, if he did, that means he's going to be thrown in prison. So he thought the solution was just to kill them. Um, and it says, uh, first four, but the centurion wanting to bring Paul safely through, kept them from, uh, kept them from their intention, and commanded that those who would swim should swim overboard first and get to land. Uh, and the rest should follow, some on planks and others on various things from the ship. And so it happened that they were brought, they were all, uh, they were all were brought safely to land. So what lessons can we learn from this? And, and it's similar to what we've learned 
uh, recently in our church is that, you know, faith, we live by faith and not by sight. There's just some things in life where we just need to act. And I think Paul here was doing that. He knew what God wanted. He knew that God was going to bring him to Rome. And he knew uh, his conviction about obeying the Lord and trusting in his sovereign man. And the rest was just, I just need, he just needed to act as a leader. Leaders are called to lead. Uh, they're, they're, what makes them leaders is that they actually do the work of leading. Um, they're not just people that talk about things and not do anything about it. They actually take initiative. And Paul here took initiative in terms of guiding the people and giving them direction on how they could survive the uh, you know, this is the, the shipwreck and uh, he encourages them he strengthens them and with the hope that they would actually survive so for us as, as Christians we understand that when we talk about hope and when we encourage people during their dark time we have to speak with a, a clarity and conviction too uh, we must speak with compassion knowing that our God has given us an eternal reward in his son Jesus Christ so there's no need to worry about what happens after this life and I think as Christians, uh, we need to live that way. The way Paul is just so calm and steady because he trusts in the Lord and his word. And that's what we need to be as well. That we need to be calm, steady, and to continue to trust in God's word and, and his promises. Uh, knowing that ultimately, uh, God's going to be glorified when we're faithful to him in every ev- ev- in every avenue of our life. Um, and I, I think that's really this little short lesson that we have here. That Paul led. He's, you see him kind of playing the role of the leader here, even though he was one of the prisoners. But what drove him was God, was a conviction that God was going to fulfill what he had said to him, uh, that he was going to go get to Rome. And, and I know for us as Christians, it can be very tempting to not want to obey the Lord. And, and really, a lot of our uh, disobedience to the Lord is that we don't know who God is and that's revealed in his word. So I, I want to encourage us to be kind of like Paul here, that as we during times of calamity and crisis, that we know God's word and we trust God's word. And we live according to God's word. And that's what people, even non-Christians, will, will admire that. Just like how some of the sailors here that that did not know Jesus, they would eventually see that God is indeed faithful and true. Because it's faithful and true to this guy. And it is going to be for us too. If we claim that Jesus is real and he's true, that he is the only way of salvation, he's the only one that can care for us and protect us, then that must be evident in the way that we uh, navigate through this life. I hope that this little short devotional is helpful. Take care. Have a great day.